Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This is No Credentials Required, covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Credentials Required. We are brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. As always, I'm asking you to do me a favor and please like, share, and subscribe on YouTube on the YouTube side. We're looking under no credentials required and on the audio side, anywhere you can find podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Podchaser, anywhere you can find podcasts. We would appreciate, I'd actually also appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts because it gets me, it gets this podcast noticed and a lot more people can find our podcast on social media. You can see the, the social medias below here. Twitter at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpNCR, and again on YouTube at No Credentials Required. So tonight's episode, this today's episode, so today's episode is the official relaunch of No Credentials Required. As I mentioned in the last podcast, I'd like to focus more on the side of the of sports in the Capital District region of where I live in the Albany area. Um, focus is going to be on fo- football, hockey and lacrosse. So you're going to see me do a lot more of the local stuff on this particular podcast on this channel. I'm also going to do something different where I'm going to have a Friday show at 7 at 7:30 Eastern time right here on YouTube and on and on Periscope or Twitter and facebook.com where I'm going to do a live show 
where I discuss national news. I talk about the national headlines of the week, go over them. I'll have I'll, I'll have the occasional special guest, whether it be from Belly Up Sports or or from Godzilla Media. We'll talk about the headlines of the week, and it'll be called NCR Friday Happy Hour. So that'll be coming on June 18th. But in the meantime, let's get the show rolling with some Albany-centric uh, material. And tonight we're going to start with the abridged history of arena football in Albany. And this, the reason why I chose this subject is because we have the arena, uh, the National Arena League, which is uh, which is an offshoot of the Arena Football League, I guess you could say in many, in some terms. Uh, it's an Arena Football League, indoor football, and what's good, it's the Albany Empire is returning in two weeks, two weeks from Saturday. It's Wednesday night as I record this, and what's going to happen is that they're going to start play. It's going to be an eight game season. I was kind of inspired to do this abridged history of arena football in Albany. So what we're going to do is going to take it way back. We're going to take it way back to 1990. Where were you in 1990? Me, I was, at this time, I was a 12-year-old kid in the 7th grade at Gowana Middle School in Clinton Park, New York. And what happened in 1990? Well, what happened in 1990 was the Knickerbocker Arena in downtown Albany opened. As you can see behind me and my sign, if you're watching on the audio side, you see a sign that says, Remember the Nick. And I kind of crudely drew the Knickerbocker Arena logo. So fun fact, on January 30th, 1990, the opening concert was Old Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. At that time, the Arena Football League was entering its fifth season with two new teams. One in Dallas called the Dallas Texans and the Albany Firebirds. The Albany Firebirds opened their, began their season a mere six weeks, six weeks after the announcement by team owner Glenn Missoula that our city, the capital city of New York State, would have its first ever professional football team. And the first game in history took place on June 9, 1990, against the Washington Commandos in front of a capacity crowd of 7,813. And you figure for an exciting brand of football, indoors, not a lot of space, going to be high scoring, you figure it would be a high scoring affair to start team history, right? Wrong. On the contrary, the teams combined for an all-time low 28 total points with the Firebirds coming out on top 16-12. Not a very auspicious way to start the arena football in Albany. But once the Firebirds captured people's interest, crowds started to come out. The Firebirds won in week three against the same against their expansion brethren Texans with a much more appropriate score of 46 to 34 in front of a crowd of 9,829. And two weeks later, they hosted the Detroit Drive, which were the, the dynasty of that era, and they lost 50-21. to 21. However, 11,814 people came out to support the Firebirds that night. And in the season finale against the Denver Dynamite, the Firebirds wound up winning 26-20 in front of 11,151 fans. I remember those games because I was at the both of them. Now, during the Detroit game, my brothers and I learned the expression, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. Boy, did we get screwed. Now, not sure you, could, you should say that in front of young teenage kids or preteens, but it happened. Not only an expression. Now, the Fibers went up missing the playoffs that year, but interest grew that season, and it set the stage for 1991. And what happened in 1991, fans expected more from the Firebirds from the previous season, and they did not fail to exceed expectations. Following a 2-3 and three start, Albany won four 
of their final five games, including three in a row, to take fourth place in the league. Now, the finish would mean that the Firebirds would make the playoffs for the first time in only their second season. They traveled to Detroit to face a defending champion drive, and were within two points of a monumental upset, but this happened. It's good. A missed field goal by Gary Gusman saw the Firebirds go home in heartbreaking fashion. This would not be the first time that the Firebirds would lose in such a fashion during the playoffs. The next season, 1992, the Arena Football League expands further and the Firebirds were gunning for a return to the playoffs. They got off to a blazing start, no pun intended, with a 5-1 record and looked as if they were on their way to win the Northern Division. However, the Firebirds lost their final four games and none of these games were particularly close. They limped their way in the playoffs to host their first playoff game ever, but again, disappointingly, lost 48-45 to Dallas. And again, heartbreaking fashion. In 1993, it's year four of the Albany Firebirds, and they go through three different quarterbacks during the 1993 campaign. And once again, the Firebirds struggled throughout the season. They started three and three, then dropped four of their last six games, but but they managed to win two of their final three games, including holding Cincinnati to an all-time team low nine points on July 27th, and they made the playoffs for the third consecutive season. And for the third consecutive season, Firebirds were knocked out early, this time 48-34 to at Tampa Bay. Lots of changes were made by the league in 1994. The league introduced the offensive and defensive specialist positions, and you have one player on each side of the ball not to require to play both sides of the ball. So you have one permanent defensive back and one permanent wide receiver. What was the result? A higher scoring game. And the Firebirds made some changes too. They let go of Rick Buffington, who was their previous coach for the last for the first four seasons, and they promoted former all-arena quarterback Mike Hohensee from offensive coordinator to head coach. And one more addition to the squad changed the way of the Firebirds for the next seven seasons. Eddie Brown, you know, Antonio's dad, joined the team in the 1994 season and began what is arguably the greatest career in arena football history. Brown took league MVP honors with 101 receptions for 1,324 yards and 44 touchdowns, breaking multiple receiving records and leading the Firebirds to a 10-2 record. The man who threw those touchdowns was former New York Giant quarterback Mike Perez, who also shattered quarterback records of his own with 2,774 yards and 63 touchdowns. The Firebirds won the American Division, and they finally won their first playoff game, a 49-30 domination of the Las Vegas Sting. And it looked like they were going to host their first ever Arena Bowl, but the Arizona Rattlers would come to the Knickerbock Arena, and again, more playoff disappointment. They shocked the Firebirds 40-33 to advance to their first Arena Bowl. Now in 1995, once again, expectations for the Albany Firebirds were very high. However, there were a few bumps in the road. While Perez enjoyed another outstanding season, Brown suffered an injury and only finished with 53 receptions and 13 touchdowns. And the Firebirds struggled out of the gate, losing three of their first four games. But the Firebirds caught fire. Again, no pun intended. <laughs> and won six of their final eight games to finish 7-5 and five and win the East Division. 
In the first round, they traveled to St. Louis and rallied from 24 points down to upset the Stampede with a field goal with no time left. Then they traveled to Tampa Bay for the semifinal game, and, a, and after Perez threw a touchdown to wide receiver Willie Culpepper to put them in front with 15 seconds remaining, this happened. Stevie F. and Thomas returned what should have been a muffed kickoff return all the way back for a touchdown, and the Firebirds once again miss out on a chance to go to the Arena Bowl. 1996, and the Firebirds return to form with a 10-4 record. Mike Perez breaks his own touchdown pass record with 86, 41 of them going to Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown also broke his own receptions record with 113 pass receptions. The Firebirds offense was the highest scoring in the league, averaging 62.4 points per game, and they surpassed the 80-point mark three times, including 88 points against Charlotte on June 21st. The Firebirds won the Eastern Division handily, stomping Milwaukee in the first round of the playoffs. They traveled to Iowa, and once again, Firebirds' hearts were broken in the playoffs, this time to Kurt F. and Warner. Yes, that Kurt Warner. And they lost 62-55. to Eddie, Eddie Brown won Offensive Player of the Year honors, and wide receiver defensive back David McLeod won Defensive Player of the Year honors with 71 total tackles and 11 interceptions. 1997 rolls around, and more changes come to the Firebirds as Mike Hohensey went west to coach the Anaheim Piranhas to a 12-2 record. Offensive coordinator Mike Daly was promoted to head coach, while Mike Perez signed with the expansion New York City Hawks. The Firebirds had their streakiest season yet. They started 2-3, and and they fought their way back to a 6-6 record. The last two games of the season were against Arizona and Iowa. And both team, both of those teams met in that year's Arena Bowl. Albany dropped both games and missed the playoffs for the first time since their inaugural season in 1990. Now, in 1998, Firebirds returned, and they set their hopes high on making a return to the playoffs. And that season saw the emergence of fullback, linebacker, and Albany native Chad Dukes. Chad Dukes won the Ironman of the Year award, and check out these ridiculous statistics. And this is why. They had 65 rushes for 364 yards and 10 touchdowns. Seven receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown. 57 kick returns for 1,274 yards and four touchdowns. And the icing on the cake was 52 total tackles, one sack, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. That season catapulted him to the NFL where he had a chance to play for the Washington Redskins I mean, football team. Quarterback Mike Pulaski in his first full season threw 74 touchdowns, 43 to Eddie Brown, and the Firebirds returned to the playoffs by winning their final four games to take the East Division with a 10-4 record. But once again, more, heart, more heartbreak in the playoffs came creeping around the corner. As the Firebirds lost in the first round once again to a team named after a crappy beer. Firebirds lost 66-59 to to the New Jersey Red Dogs. 
1999, this would mark the Firebirds' 10th anniversary. Now, would this be the year that they finally get off the schneid and they finally win an Arena Bowl? The Firebirds wound up easily winning the Eastern Division with an 11-3 record. Their three losses were by combined nine points. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pulaski threw for 79 touchdowns with Brown scoring 45 of them. But would it matter? Would it all matter according to their fans, including this one? Firebirds captured the third overall seed and they handily beat Grand Rapids and Arizona to advance to their first first ever Arena Bowl against defending champion Orlando. In a match between the best two players of the era, Brown and Orlando wide receiver defensive back Barry Wagner. Brown had the game of his life. Seven interceptions during the regular season. First play going for Brown. And they got it. Eddie Brown. First play from scrimmage. And that's why they call him Awesome Eddie. Actually, it's touchdown Eddie. Eddie Brown finished with 12 receptions for 185 yards and four touchdowns as the Firebirds pulled ahead in the winning minutes to win their first Arena Bowl championship, 59-48. And Eddie Brown naturally won game MVP honors. Uh, next season in 2000, Firebirds fans were expecting yet another championship for the final year of the 20th century. Now, two monumental events would change the fate of the Firebirds forever. The first event was the formation of the Players Union, which Eddie Brown was an integral part of its formation. The second event was Brown's retirement. Shortly after their second preseason game against Milwaukee, Brown announced his retirement, and his absence left a giant hole for the Firebirds to fill. The majority of the receiving offense was, would be filled by wide receiver linebacker Greg Hop Hopkins, who finished with a career best in receptions with, 100, with 111, and yards, 1,295, and touchdowns, 30 touchdowns. The Firebirds would win another division title, at 9-5 and earned a first-round bye. Their playoff opponent, Arizona Rattlers, who are out for revenge from the previous year. In, a surprisingly, in front of a surprisingly low crowd of 8,634, the Rattlers defeated the Firebirds 53-50. A little did those in attendance that evening know, myself included, that this would be the last time the Firebirds would ever play in Albany. On October 19th, team owner Glenn Missoula announced that he had sold the Firebirds to an ownership group in Indianapolis. With the influx of expansion and NFL owners' involvement in the league, smaller markets like Albany and Iowa couldn't compete with larger markets. Iowa's franchise was purchased by New York Islanders owner Charles Wang and relocated to Long Island to become the New York Dragons. There was a silver lining, though, as Arena Football Development League AF2 announced expansion to Albany less than a year later. Morning of September 11th was one that we will never forget. But a press conference was scheduled that day to announce the Albany Warbirds, Albany Warbirds, as the newest member of AF2. 
And again, we all remember what happened that day. The press conference was canceled. The team was forced to rebrand everything, the logo, the colors. And the AF2 team became the Conquest. For those first couple of seasons, the Conquest had success on the field. In the inaugural season in 2002, the Conquest went 13-3 and and won the Northeast Division. Conquest went to the playoffs and advanced in the first round with a win over Rochester, but lost to Cape Fear in the quarterfinal. In 2003, the Conquest repeated their inaugural success with another 13-3 record and another division championship. They earned a first round bye and then faced the Macon Knights, but lost at home the Pepsi and the now Pepsi Arena 59-47. Even with all their success on the field, it didn't translate into success at the box office. Firebirds, Firebird crowds averaged over 10,000 during their existence. Conquest failed to draw 10,000 once during their existence. The Conquest's win totals continued to drop, as did interest in the team, and, Con- and the Conquest missed the playoffs in the next five seasons, from 2004 to 2008. To rekindle interest, the team owners, Capital District Sports, rebranded the team, and the team became, became the Firebirds. They brought back the same colors and logo, but they still couldn't generate fan interest. The new Firebirds finished 7-9 in 2009, but they managed to make the playoffs before getting beaten by Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the first round. AF2 ceased operations weeks following the final Arena Cup in 2009. Eight years later, the now Times Union Center was looking for a new tenant to fill the arena following the AHL's exodus from the arena in April. On October 24, 2017, the Arena Football League announced that it was coming back to Albany. The league was much different from the previous iteration that played from 1990 to 2000. Instead of gridiron two-way football, it was now single platoon. The league had a flux of expansion and contraction, and now the new franchise was one of four. Sadly, they weren't able to secure the Firebirds name due to copyright restrictions, so a new name must be chosen. And on January 23, 2018, the Albany Empire name, logo, and colors were released to the public. The Empire kicked off on April 14, 2018 in front of a sold-out crowd at the Times Union Center. The Empire lost to the Philadelphia Souls 72-35, but the excitement in the arena was palpable. Arena football was back in Albany. The Empire actually lost the first two games of their inaugural season, but things started to turn around in May. The Empire won their next five games in a row, including a big revenge win in Philadelphia. Went on a two-game slide in June, but recovered to win the regular season title, with three wins to close out the 2018 season at 8-4. and four. With only four teams, there was a new playoff format introduced. A home-and-home home series with a team with, with the most aggregate points advancing. The Empire would play the 2-10 and 10 Washington Valor, and the Empire had the Valor's number all season. In fact, the Empire did not allow a single point in the third quarter in all four of their regular season games. But unlike previous games, the Valor had finally figured out their quarterback situation and had Arvell Nelson under center. Nelson used his feet and his arm to put 56 points up on the Empire, the Valor's highest against Albany that season. But in overtime, quarterback Tommy Grady threw his seventh touchdown pass and found Greg Carr for the two-point conversion, and the Empire escaped with a 57-56 win. Series shifted back to Albany the next week, and the game wound up being a back-and-forth affair with the teams exchanging scores. However, the Valor held the Empire to one of three on fourth down. Their fourth down holds took the wind out of the sails of the near-sold-out crowd at the Times Union Center. 
The Empire were down seven with less than a minute left in the game and deep in their own territory. Grady went deep to emerging star receiver Malachi Jones, and what looked to be a pass interference call was never called. One last desperate play, and the Empire failed to attempt as the Valor pulled off one of the biggest upsets in league history en route to their first Arena Bowl title. Just like that, the Empire season ended. The Empire returned in 2019 with a new motto, Unfinished Business. The league expanded with two more franchises in Atlantic City and Columbus. The Empire saw some roster turnover with the addition of former Baltimore Brigade wide receiver Quentin Sims and defensive end Rodney Fritz, as well as former Washington Valor offensive lineman Jordan Mudge. Albany battled with Philadelphia for first place in the league all season, but the Empire finished strong at 10-2. Many Empire fans were drawing comparisons to the Firebirds team that won the Arena Bowl in 1999. Would history repeat itself? Or would there be more playoff disappointment around the corner? The Empire would have to get by Baltimore in the playoffs in the first round in the first two rounds. Empire fans came into the home and home series nervous that their team would fail to make the arena bowl for the second consecutive season. Those feelings became validated when Brigade defensive back Joel Powell returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. However, those feelings were assuaged for the remainder of the game as the Empire scored 35 unanswered points as the defense forced turnovers that were converted into points. The Mentioned Fritz sacked brigade quarterback Shane Boyd three times, and defensive back Tevin Homer returned a pick six as the Empire led 35 to 6 at the half. The Empire would keep the foot on the gas pedal as it took the first game of the home and home in convincing fashion 61 26. The large point differential, fans wondered if they could repeat their performance the following week. The Empire traveled to Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, kept their foot firmly on the gas pedal. Albany raced to a 49-7 lead as both linebacker Terrence Moore and Tevin Homer returned consecutive pick sixes and Moore scored in a net recovery. This brought aggregate scoring to 110-33. From there, it was elementary as the Empire advanced to the Arena Bowl after a 62-21 win in Baltimore. On Sunday, August 11, 2019, 19 years and 356 days, or 7,295 days to the day of Arena Bowl 13, the Times Union Center hosted a near sellout crowd of 12,042 between the Empire and the Philadelphia Soul. This rivalry had been brewing all season as the Empire owned a 2-1 advantage over the Soul and would culminate at the Arena Bowl. Both teams exchanged scores throughout the first and second quarters, with the Empire going up 28-21 with 349 remaining in the second quarter. This was the turning point in that game. That's just the brand of football he knows. Now, an outside kick. It's up for Trevino. Oh, that was spectacular. What a play. Terrence Moore. Watch number eight go up. Watch number eight. He sees it. He times it up. He gets hit, but it still is able to concentrate and catch it. How did he come down with it? Oh, my. I mean, he gets low, undercut, and still comes down with the ball. A little bit later, Tommy Grady found Sims for his fourth touchdown reception of the first half, and the Empire were up 35-21 at the half. The second half started with the Empire going up 42-21 after a lengthy drive with Grady throwing a touchdown pass and a screen pass to fullback Michael Benson. The Soul actually held the ball for the majority of the second half, but the Empire held on two goal line stands when the Soul advanced deep inside Empire territory. 
the soul did score a touchdown early in the fourth quarter to make the score 42 27 that's as far as they got kicker adrian trevino kicked a field goal at the 959 mark to complete all the scoring with the scoreboard showing all zeros fans poured onto the field as the empire won the arena bowl 45 to 27 i guess you consider business finished Fans hoped the league would expand again and the Empire would defend their title. Nearly two months after the Super Bowl, news came out that the league would cease operations as it battled a lawsuit stemming from an insurance complaint made in 2011. That lawsuit would be the end of the league as it officially declared bankruptcy on November 27, 2019. And once again, Albany would experience the loss of a beloved arena football franchise. All hope was not lost, however. Rumors of other leagues showing interest in Albany began to rise. And on August 13, 2020, 367 days after that Arena Bowl win, the National Arena League announced an expansion franchise in Albany. Nearly two months later, the team name and colors were announced, and an empire was reborn. Yeah. However, this pandemic has shown no end, and state shutdown orders put the relaunch season in doubt. On April 5th, it was announced that the team and state and county officials came to an agreement to allow a limited number of fans in the stands for an abridged 2021 season. As I covered in the last episode, there have been some coaching changes, but the Empire have started adding players, including former Arena Football alumni quarterback Tommy Grady, wide receiver Darius Prince, and kicker Craig Peterson, who played soccer locally here in Burt. Hills Boston Lake. Uh, for for me, I'm looking forward to being back to the Times Union Center on May 29th for the opening kickoff and for the arena football tradition to continue in Albany. I'm looking forward to covering the team on this podcast, and hopefully I'll have some interviews with coaches, current players, and former players. Maybe they'll relive their own history from when their time from their time here in Albany. Now again, I just want to remind you, please. Like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, on our, my YouTube channel and on anywhere you can find podcasts on the audio side, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Podchaser, wherever you find podcasts. So once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to No Credentials Required. Again, it's brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. We're covering the Mighty 518. I'm your host, Ryan McCarthy. And again... We'll catch you later. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out on Supporters Music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 